2021. This year is going to be a game changer. So every Friday this year, I'm going to add a question of the week episode. The questions come from you. So let's do this. What is happening, everybody? Happy Friday to you. It is 12.56 in the morning, so that means it's time for me to record a podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm David Sidoni, the How to Buy a Home Guy, and this is the How to Buy a Home Podcast, the show that teaches you how to turn your fattest monthly bill, your rent, into your largest automatic wealth builder. And the cool thing is you can probably do that a little sooner than you think. You can do this just by getting educated. Okay, I've been getting so many of you listeners reaching out to me. Truly appreciate it. This is very exciting. So what I'm going to try to do is a, a new weekly bonus episode, and you guys get to create it. If you're new, smash that subscribe button right now, and you can hear all these questions answered weekly. Free answers. That's right. It's just like cheating off the smart kid's paper and not getting caught. See, I kind of went pretty wide when I named the show How to Buy a Home. There's a lot to unpack there. So I'm going to let you pick the topic, and once a week, I'll answer the burning questions that you have about being a first-time home planner, or being, eventually, you're going to turn into a first-time home buyer, and you probably got questions along the way. This week's question is one I've heard a lot in the last few weeks, and truth be told, it's actually one that I've heard my entire career. Usually goes like this. David, bro, tell me the real deal, man. I mean, the inside stuff. Should I buy now or should I wait? I really want to get the best deal. Answer to that question, the short answer is if you're renting, you should buy yesterday or a year ago. I don't know. How long have you been paying rent? Truly, that would have been the best time for you to buy back when you signed your first lease. I mean, think about it. You saved up enough for that first and last and a security deposit and you got your first apartment. That's when you should have purchased your first place. Maybe you should have stayed at the folks' crib for a little while longer, saved a bit more money, you know, just a little bit more than your deposit and your security and your first and last. It's not that much more. And if you don't know, you can go back and listen to episode number every single episode I've ever done, because I pretty much mention it all the time. So the answer to the question is you should have bought then. That would have been the best deal. Since you asked me, dude, get me my deal. For those of you who don't know, I'm in Southern California. It's how most of my buyers talk. Hey, I'm not sitting here on the top of Mount Smarty Pants trying to preach to all you guys. I'm not acting like I'm all that and I got it all figured out. It's, uh, you know, one o'clock in the morning and I'm recording a podcast because I screwed up a long time ago. And I think it sucks that no one's telling you how to not suck as much as I did when I was in my 20s. I do not think that I'm some all-knowing economic god doling out wisdom to the uninformed masses of young renters. No, I am the moron who made the mistake myself and I rented for way too long. And now I want to tell the entire world that you don't have to be as clueless and as ignorant as I was. Let my epic fail be your guide into an exciting and more prosperous life. Now, if in 1991, when I got my first apartment and I time traveled and I got to talk to 
21 me, I would have said to my older self, dude, you are so bald. Then I would have said, I want to be sure I get the best deal and I don't lose money. So should I buy now or should I wait? Well, the bald me would have told the 1991 self, first, you got to save those Green Doc Martins. They are so dope. And you're going to want them someday when you're older. Don't throw those away. Do not give those to Goodwill. Then I would have said, buy now, buy now, buy now. As a guy who was lucky enough to have lived out most of my dreams in my 20s, I love my life in my 20s. I didn't miss out on any life experiences. But you know what? It's not because I was tied down to a house or because I lived in an apartment. Only looking back now do I realize that I could have still not missed out on anything in those years. And by age 28, I could have had an extra $300,000 by doing no more than what I did in my 20s, making a payment for housing on the first of each month. I could have purchased a 21 years old for very little down, lived in a condo just like the apartments that I rented for eight years, and then I would have paid, you know, the same money on the first of the month. And I still could have been an idiot with everything else. You know, with my credit cards, I could have not started a retirement account like I didn't. I could have still gone out and done all the cool things I did back in the day. Because, hey, even when I was an idiot, I still always made my rent, even though I was living a bonkers life. But at 28 years old, at the end of that fun time, making those payments, I could have had $300,000 more, been $300,000 richer. And then I could have traded up for an even better home that would have made even more money. And keep this in mind, the year 1991 absolutely sucked for buying a home. And it still would have worked out for me. If I bought in 1991, prices would drop like soon after and then recover just a little bit and I would have sold in 1998. And selling in 1998, in hindsight, would have been Looney Tunes. That would have been just before the biggest and longest price increase in housing history. Yeah, if I sold at the bottom of the market in 1998, before all the prices shot up, I still would have made $300,000 without getting any of that historic increase. Oh, and get this, the mortgage rate when I would have purchased in 1991, 9.25%. Nine. And buying would still have been the way smarter thing to do. So I'm here to help by opening my wound, pouring salt on it, squeezing lemon juice deep inside there while someone forces me to watch everyone I hated in high school make a billion dollars buying GameStop stock. Okay, let's get to the question you're asking right now. Today, your question today. Forget this time travel stuff. If you can buy in early 2021, or if you're close and you can buy relatively soon, should you buy or should you wait and try to get a better deal later? Well, if you're trying to attain your maximum financial gains and you're looking specifically at the economic impact of your purchase in the short term, and the short term, I mean like three to six years, then the numbers say, don't wait. As of early 2021, the prices are going up and they've been going up through 2020 and the forecast says that they're going to keep going up. Listen to episode 38. That's the 2021 housing forecast. It's filled with tons of data direct from the leading economists out there who have way more PhDs than I did. I researched a lot for that, found you guys a ton of information 
listen to that. In fact, you probably shouldn't have to listen to this episode if you listened to that one because all the info's right there. So a home bought today in early 2021 will be worth more in 2022. And a home not bought today in 2021 will cost more in 2022. According to the data and the analytics, the home you buy today will probably cost 5 to 10% more in 2022. Doesn't get more simplistic than that. Okay, now secondly, the mortgage interest rates are really low, stupid low, historically low. Now, if you don't have a clue what that means for you, well, what it is is the cost of the money that you're borrowing to buy this home is at the lowest cost that it's been in history. That means the rates have nowhere to go but up. They're on the floor right now, the full-on bottom. And if you get a loan, which almost all of you are going to have to do to make this purchase, you pay for that loan and the price of paying that interest is factored into your total price to the home. So knowing these interest rates have nowhere to go but up, the longer you wait, the higher total cost of the home that you eventually buy. So because of these two things, that cost for that home is going to be more if you wait. One, prices are going up. Two, the cost of your loan is going to go up. That's the bottom line. Okay, now that's really general, and you guys know me. Everyone's situation is different. You should be consulting with a unicorn real estate team consisting of that unicorn realtor and a trusted lender to help you get the whole picture to help you reach your specific goals in the best ways for you individually. So what I just said is how the numbers work on a general basis. If you want me to break them down, I will. If you don't, well, then, you know, you got fast forward on your iPod. iPod, oh my God, how old am I? Anyway, moving on. Prices, broken down, goes like this. Prices, easy to figure out. $300,000 home today based on projections will cost $315,000 or $330,000 by the end of the year. That's five or 10% kids. What about the loan? Well, this home will probably have the largest loan that you're ever going to have in your entire life. So the rate on that loan, it's monumental. Gigantor. This is a humongousoid part of your entire price. Okay. And it also then becomes a big part of when and why you should do this purchase at that time. The mortgage rate has a little bit more math, but these numbers should make it pretty crystal clear. Today, a $300,000 loan at 2.85% interest is going to cost you $1,241 a month. Now, for this discussion right now, we're only talking about the principal and the interest. That's not including the taxes and insurance. I don't want to confuse things with that. So those of you who have listen to the show regularly, you know that that principal interest taxes and insurance are P-I-T-I. Pity, because I pity the fool who don't know what P-I-T-I mean. Whew, that's another very old 80s reference. All right, but let's, again, we're just going to give you that $1,241 a month. That's just the P-I of the P-I-T-I to show you how these numbers work. So a $300,000 loan at 2.85% mortgage interest rate percentage, that's going to cost you $1,241. If rates go up just one percentage point to 3.85, which by the way, 3.85, that rate that is the, in this 
little equation is the high rate, the oh no, don't wait for that rate, that's terrible. That rate is so low that if my lenders had been able to get that rate for pretty much all of the buyers in my career, the buyers would have named their firstborn son after me or daughter and probably let me live in the house that we purchased rent-free for the rest of my life. It's that low. But in this scenario, it's up a point. So one percentage point up to 3.8 is going to cost you $1,406 a month, $1,406 or $165 more a month. Okay, maybe you're thinking, no biggie, Dave. Maybe you can wait and pay that extra a month so that you don't have to stress with the hassle of buying in the competitive market that's happening right now in early 2021. Well, I'm here to let you know that that hassle, first of all, that's not going away. The short supply of homes, that's not going anywhere for a while. So you might as well jump in and battle it out right now and get the better prices and the better interest rates. But here's the kicker on that $165 a month. One point's going to cost you that much more a month. It doesn't sound like that much, but multiply it by 30 years. If you pay interest on a house for 30 years at today's low rate, 2.85%, that interest is $146,642. Okay, now let's see what happens if we go up one percentage point to 3.85%. That interest is $206,312, a difference of $59,671, $60,000 more that you'll pay over the life of the loan just by waiting and missing these low rates. Okay, that's the numbers, that's the data. How about some real life stuff? Last week I had just a phenomenal call with some super, super rad young listeners out of Boston. They listened to the show, hit me up, DM me. We talked, we had a little zoomy zoom fun. They saved a ton of money trying to get ready to buy the first house and they've been thinking about doing this for actually over a year. In fact, they got a pre-qualification for a loan last March. They started poking around and then, you know, nothing really happened for them. It didn't work out. They didn't have the right person. They didn't reach out to me, so I couldn't get them to a unicorn. So recently, before they reached out to me, they're working with a realtor and they got really frustrated with the tough, low supply of homes out there. And they were really bummed out that they saved all this money. They had their dream set on buying their house and suddenly they're caught in these bidding wars. Well, as we talked about this and I told them some of the tricks that you can do right now to win these bidding wars, they figured out that if they reached out to me last March, they would have got, you know, they would have found themselves a warrior unicorn to help them fight the battle. And they would have bought their first home last year, which means they would have gained 8% appreciation in 2020 and then kept it going with 5 or 10% in 2021. Can you imagine that being up like 18%? But instead... They're working with the unicorn right now, and I'm sure that they're not going to make the same mistake waiting too long again. Ah, okay, I've said unicorn so many times right now that the word's lost all meaning. For those of you who don't know, that's an experienced agent who wants to help you plan for the purchase, maybe months or even years before you actually even look at any homes. It's a unicorn because that's rare. There just aren't a lot of, you know, a real estate agents who work in that capacity. What we're looking for is that person who's just not going to open doors for you and write a contract. They're part of your long-term goal planning, life and financial planners to help you gain maximum purchasing power. I've got a story a little bit later on that I'm going to save for the end that you guys have to hear. I was in a room with a bunch of real estate agents and realtors talking 
about you, first time home buyers, and what you're looking for when you're choosing your representation. Dude, it's scary. You got to be careful out there. So when COVID didn't tank the market like everyone thought it was, if you don't know that story, listen to episode 38. That's the 2021 forecast episode. At the beginning, we talk a lot about the real numbers and the data from 2020. But the summary is that the prediction of all the things crashing and tanking because you know we were in a freaking pandemic and nobody knew it was going to go on. Well, the crashing and tanking didn't happen. We were way off. So we started cruising into 2021 with prices going up, but still we had low inventory. And then January 15th, I think it was, were the lowest interest rates of all time. So it was this perfect storm of things that happened and prices were still going up. The election was over. The new year was happening. It was crazy. And you know there were massive, huge amounts of buyers out there trying to capitalize on the low mortgage rates. And the smart ones were realizing, this sucks, it's going to be a battle, but let's jump in the octagon and try to get in now before the prices continue to go up. So I'm here to boost you up today. I know it's scary. I definitely know this is not how you dreamed about buying your first home. Nobody thinks that this is the way it was going to be, but it's worth the fight. Okay, there will be multiple offers and you might even lose a home or two or three. It's probably going to happen, but it's worth the battle. It's only happening to you because your life just happened to be set up that this is the time right now when you were going to buy. And you happen to be buying at this historical time in the housing market. I don't mean historical, like this is an amazing historical time. No, I mean like this time in history. Wish I could change that, but I can't. It can suck. Sorry. But you know what? Like all great things Doing something hard always has big benefits. Buying a home, now that's got history on your side. That asset, that historical data, that's what you need to intake and give yourself the positive juice so that you realize, okay, this is just where I am on the timeline and I know that historically this is going to work out well for me. You wear that. That's your suit of armor when you go into battle to get your offer accepted, your sword, your shield, it's knowledge. It's madness out there. It's kind of like Black Friday, man. And, you know, but if you're prepared, if you realize once you do win the battle and you do get the home, remember you were in battle, which means every winner has five or 10 losers. That means there's a bunch of buyers out there who missed out and they're going to pay more likely for the next house that they purchase. So that means your home value, once you do win the battle, it's going to start going up immediately. The sooner you get in, the sooner you get to catch that price appreciation. And trust me, that appreciation is going to be a lot more than the hundred bucks you save on a PS5 at Target after you finish your turkey dinner on Black Friday. All right. Or I guess it's Black Thursday night, whatever. Okay. So the answer to the question is, so if you're in a position to make this happen, make this happen. And if you're not, that's fine too. Again, it's just where you fall on the timeline. Now, my boy, Chris Griffith from episode 32, an incredible loan officer, works a lot with uh, veterans, super with a VA loan and everything else, as a matter of fact, he says it this way, budget and save in a reverse engineered plan with the purchase of a home being the end goal, figure out what the parameters are of that goal and then work backwards 
with a solid real estate team to help you plan the path. And then you're going to get there with tactics, techniques, and tools to help you save budget and pay down debt. That's how you reverse engineer. Now, for those of you out there right now who have done that, you've done the reverse engineering, you got your plan and you're ready to go. Here's some more detail on timing the market. The question, should I buy now or wait and get a better deal? Well, based on what we know from the history and the pros prognosticating, at best, it's going to be four to five years before the market goes up, flattens out and goes back down, which means it's going to be five or six years before you see a decrease in the prices, maybe three or 5%. So let me remind you of something I said in episode 38 in the forecast. This explains what happens if you're actually seriously waiting to lower the prices or looking to purchase when the prices are lower. You can't lower the prices. Okay, so if you're waiting, if you're trying to time the market to get a great deal, well, first of all, you got to get in a time machine and go back to 2008, 9, or 10. Remember, this purchase is different than any other one that you make because you already pay for your housing every month and you have nothing to show for it as a renter. Timing the deal has multiple variables involved in that math. It's not just waiting for the price that you pay, waiting for that price to be lower, but it's also the price that you pay while you're waiting. This is something that you already pay for when you're paying rent. So you're losing money while you're waiting for the prices to go down so you can save money. My brain's going to explode. Okay, if you're waiting for the prices to come back down, here's the reality calendar that I laid out for you before. I'm going to do it one more time. It's February 2021. You decide you want to wait. Okay, the market's likely to have two more years of going up. Oops, you blew it. Okay, all right, so for the sake of argument, let's say it's two more years. It might even be more than that, but for the sake of this argument, let's say that. Two years of going up, one year of flattening, two years of going down to get right back at the same prices that we are in February 2021, except at that time, it'll be 26, okay? Five years that you spent paying rent, putting no money into an asset that you own yourself. So by waiting for the deal and trying to time the market to get a lower price, you spent $2,000 a month, $24,000 a year for five years, $120,000 that you've paid for the landlord's asset, not yours. Not to mention each year you've also missed out on, let's just call it again, conservatively $6,000 worth of tax benefits, the mortgage interest tax deduction. If you don't know about that, go back to episode 27. It's really long and complicated, but once you got it, you got it forever. Well, the math on that is $30,000, 6,000 times five. Pretty sure that's 30 grand. So in five years, you spent $120,000 that you never got any profit from. It's gone, flushed down the toilet. And you also missed out on 30 grand off your taxes. Then again, you have to factor in who knows where the mortgage rates are going to be whenever you finally do decide to pull the trigger somewhere in that five years. So listen to the facts, listen to the data, and once again, I'm going to tell you something that I just heard from a listener. This was a DM. Told you this once, but I got to tell you one more time. David, I wanted to thank you. You gave me a 25-year-old hairstylist the confidence to buy a home during the pandemic. Thank you so much for making the numbers in the process not so scary. I started listening to your podcast in the end of September 2020, and she closed in January on her dream home. I truly thought I could, I truly wouldn't have thought that I could do it if I didn't find your podcast. My mortgage, home insurance, 
and taxes and mortgage insurance. That's PITI plus PMI. All of that, 100 bucks less than her current rent. All right, we're almost to the horrific story that I heard in the room full of realtors talking about how to attract you the first time buyer. So stay tuned, that's coming. Now, once again, these are not all of my thoughts on this question. And this is definitely not every piece of the puzzle because I haven't talked to you. I don't know what your long-term goals are. However, if you came to me here today ready to go and you were just trying to time it and you said, should I buy now or should I wait? Here's your answer. If you can buy now, you should. If you can't, well, then you should plan and try to buy probably sooner rather than later. Once again, this is my opinion based on the prediction of people smarter than me, combined with some of my historical knowledge of the housing market, and also combined with the tears of every first-time buyer I've ever worked with who said, I love you, bro. This house is epic, but I should have called you months ago. No, man, years ago. I can't believe how rich I made my landlord for the past few years. You know, I always like to make sure that you guys know, too, once you tell people that you're home shopping, everyone's going to have an opinion. They're all going to tell you what they think. Remember, they're not you. Listen to the facts, the data, and then you have to evaluate all the factors for you and your specific situation. You may be in the spot to save yourself like massive amounts of money, or you could make yourself massive amounts of money by getting in early and catching that appreciation. I blew it in my 20s, and I don't want you to. Most buyers out there, they all say to me in some form or another that they blew it too. And I'm sure that they would want you to have a great deal and not blow it like they did. And it's nobody's fault. No one's out here giving the information. It doesn't matter to me when you buy. I don't care. I'm the guy that recorded the podcast pre-pandemic telling everybody that we were due for a recession. It's not like I'm pulling any punches. I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm not trying to make a sale. I know that trust is earned. And hell, most of you out there, you're probably going to, you know, not everybody, I'm sure, listening to this podcast lives in Southern California. I'm pretty sure most of you guys are going to get referred to a unicorn and I'm never going to sell you a house. And that's fine because I'm giving you the thoughts and the data because I never had it. And man, I would have been super grateful if I did. And the real info, it's just not out there and you deserve better. Okay, this is the Friday question of the week. It's kind of fun. I'm digging this. So we're going to tackle, I got a couple more I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about, should I wait for the coming foreclosures? That's a big buzzword. Spoiler alert, no. <laughs> I'll go into detail in the episode. And then the big one, I was going to try to put this with this one, but they're just, it was way too much, was should I wait to save 20%? Bum, bum, bum. That one is a heated debate with tons of different economists. We'll get into that later on. Okay, wrapping things up, and then I'm going to tell you what a bunch of realtors said out loud about you. Can't believe they did this. Hey, if this episode helped you and you haven't written a review yet on Apple Podcasts or written on my a review on my Facebook page or my Yelp page, please help others by taking just a few minutes, give it five stars, and then if you could, just write any kind of little review, anything, just one sentence. The more reviews, the more people get to hear this podcast and the more inspiration, the more love, the more joy, the more hope that we can give to people out there. Jump on it. Let's tell more people about it. It'll mean a lot. If you have a specific question, hit me up on Instagram. It's usually the easiest way, at David Sedoni. Now, there's also a private Facebook page at the How to Buy a Home group. You can look for that on Facebook. 
Oh, of course, you can always go to my website, davidsedoni.com. There's a place you can directly link up with me. Um, there's also a direct link to my YouTube page. There's a ton of videos on there with topics of buying first-time homes. And I did a backflip on one of those videos, so you can check that out. And if you want to, you can find me on Twitter. Okay, here's the story. Here's what realtors are saying when they get together and talk about you. Now, there's a new app that's getting a lot of buzz in the business world. It's called Clubhouse. If you don't know what Clubhouse is, I do recommend that you get on it because I am going to hold some live Q&As on Clubhouse. It's basically this, except you're all on together and I can see you and we can like, you know, have like Q&A radio style format. It's audio. You can tune in anytime and there's like a guest speaker that does a Q&A form on, you know, a number of different topics. And it's crazy. CEOs of all the big social media platforms have actually held chat rooms there talking to people. Elon Musk did one the other day. So realtors are all over this app sharing their marketing secrets. You know, the big wig top producers get in there and all the lower agents or the agents that are trying to become top producers or the new agents, they want to hear all the secrets for all the marketing tips. And the top producers were giving the new realtors tips on how to get first-time buyers. And do you want to know what the big secret was? Build your brand on Instagram. Go to some influencer's feed and copy that and then build a brand. And then you have a presence on social media. Brand, brand, brand. Don't worry if you don't have any experience. They didn't tell them to go out there and actually learn how to be a realtor. You know, look at houses, figure out how the contract works, know the inventory in the neighborhoods and be able to help your clients. No, 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 no. Make a fresh Instagram. Get followers, build your brand, fake it till you make it. If you build that brand, people are going to trust you. Okay, what does that mean for you, the first time buyer? It means watch your butt. Don't be fooled by glossy images and the number of followers that some realtor has. Look for the real deal, the tactics, the tools, the techniques, the facts, and the data. You want a pro? You should pick one. You should find one. Get yourself a unicorn. Ask me. Unicorn Nation's growing like crazy. My map is filling up, and I'm so stoked. We're helping people all over the country. Not one of these top producers said, you know, I'd start by learning how to be a realtor. You know, look at all those homes. You should know the contract backwards and forwards. You know, find the best ways to vigilantly represent your clients. Ask us what the problems and the pitfalls are and what you can do to represent your client the best way and get them the best deal. Nope. Build a brand. That's what they told them. Remember, gang, not all scams come in the form that you can sniff out right away. What do they say about the best scams? that they look like things that you're already comfortable with. So for those of us in here listening to all this today, remember you guys are here and you let me do all that boring research and give you the data. And now every, every Friday, I'm going to let you guys ask the questions. Email me, go to my website, ask me a question. Maybe I'll make a show about it. I'm going to give you the information and you decide what's best for you. I can give you specific tips because I've been doing this for 15 years and now I'm a real estate nerd and I read this stuff all the time. And I've spent the last two years dedicating myself to you because I don't want you to live your life like I did in my 20s in ignorant bliss. Nothing wrong with it. It was great. But by doing nothing more than what I already did, man, imagine the possibilities. 
I don't want you to miss out on hundreds of thousands of dollars like I did. I believe in you. I believe that once you're educated and empowered and you have this knowledge, you're going to be able to take advantage of these things now that you have the knowledge. I believe in you guys. You can do this.